Welcome back to Kill James Bond. And we're doing Sean Connery's favourite Bond movie, Daniel Craig's favourite Bond movie, Timothy Dalton's favourite Bond movie, the Bond movie that Bond movie producers always set out to make, and the last movie that JFK saw before the deep state got him. It's from <laughs> Russia with Love. <laughs> uh, that's true. I had that written down as one of my facts. Is <laughs> JFK saw this movie at a private yeah, in the limousine in the White House on November twentieth. Uh, <laughs> he was watching it. He was watching it on a PSP later. in the car when they got JFK, him. <laughs> just, JFK was getting sighted up by Oswald as he was watching this on his Nokia N gauge. And um, yeah, no. So this is this is why JFK was killed was I guess not liking from Russia with love which offended the CIA so much that they uh, just decided to to have him killed. So also CIA the first Bond major movie, Bond fans. Yeah. Mm. Also the first Bond movie was wearing a hairpiece. Sean Connery like uh, obviously very bald man uh, but went bald in the like 6 months between filming Doctor No and filming this and so he's just he's wearing a rug this whole time. I did notice that actually, because in Doctor No, Sean Connery looks like shit, and in this, they've obviously upped the budget a little bit. Yeah, they, and he he looks great. It up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but we got to talk about our favorite Bond villain in a hot minute, Red Grant. This yeah, is the best that we've ever had. Homicidal paranoia, superb material. Though his methods were a little crude, his response to our training and indoctrination have been remarkable. <laughs> So we have a beautiful opening sequence this time, mm. because frankly, frankly, after this one, we can just go home, right? If you turn off from Russia <laughs> yeah, with Love- Yeah, we did it. We did it. Short yeah. podcast, everybody. If, if, you t if you turn off from Russia with Love at about two minutes in, we can just go home, podcast's over, because we see Red Grant, this enormous blonde man. He's a very, very jacked man. Murder James Bond. He pursues- our boy threw a, a maze in the gardens of a stately home, mm -hmm. and he fucking garrots him he with gets a fiber him. wire. He, he pulls out of the bezel of his watch, and he's fucking done, dead, a hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got Easy. him. Easy, Donzo. James Bond killed. Thanks As for a coming response along. For, to killing their operative, Doctor No, Spectre has decided to have James Bond clapped, and they succeed just. Like that instantly. Very, very effective work. Unfortunately, then they pull the reveal on you. The lights come up and they pull the fucking perfect rubber mask of Sean Connery <laughs> off of a totally dead ass man. The, uh, the, the makers of Mission Impossible are someday, somewhere spitting out their breakfast cereal, like, what? Because they apparently Spectre just have the ability to make perfect rubber doubles of people's faces, and they never use yeah, that never again. It up. seems like never that would come in up. handy, but. Well, it'd be unsporting, wouldn't it? That's just for training. Yeah. You can't... <laughs> yeah. Takes off Sean Connery makeup to reveal goon underneath, and the entire <laughs> fucking Spectre training facility groans at my shit. So I, yeah. <laughs> I am I am convinced that this guy, after the lights come up, I'm convinced that this guy 
gets up and they all go and have a drink with him because there's no way they just dress up a henchman in a tuxedo every time and just there's no there's no there's no way they just have a pile of henchman bodies all with Sean Connery's rubber face I think they do I think they're grabbing people off the street I think they're putting them into the tuxedo and putting the rubber mask of Sean Connery on them and just setting them loose in the maze and And giving them a real gun like what if he'd gotten lucky and killed their best operative it's like well then he deserved to die failure is not tolerated inspector yeah I've, I've got four about that, we'll be getting to that later. My favorite detail, right, is that after we see our boy Grant kill Bond, the guy comes up to him and he tells him his time, like he's doing a speed run, and he's like, ah, oh, like <laughs> five minutes thirty seconds, excellent. Oh, but you used items, so I'm afraid we're going to take time. We're going yeah. to take points <laughs> the, off. <laughs> but like the implication there seems to be that they're running this same maze over and over again with presumably either the same or different bonds and like what if what if you try to have to kill James Bond but he's not in a maze yeah, what if the what situation if is else? in any way different from well, this you're done for then <laughs> you're only tra- they only train spectre agents to kill James Bond in a garden why would you time him on this anyway are you paying him by the hour <laughs> Yeah, Red Grant is actually a freelance contractor. Spectre, that that was their first and most banal kind of evil, is they don't have employees, they just have independent contractors. I I badly want a picture (laughs) of Red Grant wearing a fucking Deliveroo outfit with a giant box backpack, just throttling Bond. Oh, fucking hell. But anyway, then, then my notes just say tits. Yeah, that's right, because that's our setup. Our setup is, uh, Bond has killed Dr. No, this has made Spectre very angry, and so Spectre has sworn revenge, and they've been training this large blonde man to murder him. And then we get our opening sequence, which is powerfully horny this time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. what What if, instead of like just having a sort of animated credit sequence like Dr. No, or like a full, full like music video, like in later bonds. What if we just projected the names onto a belly dancer? It's a what good idea. You, if, I mean, it's nice that? and low budget, and it looks kind of stylish. I mean, I guess I don't know that I ever needed to read the director of photography's name off of a woman's abs before. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a second note here that just says ass. Yeah, there's a lot of ass. <laughs> there's a lot of tits. It's a very, um, it's a very like uh, horny movie in general mm, from Russia with it Love. It is extremely horny. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Well, it's about but... to get incredibly horny because we're about to meet the sexiest character in all of James Bond. The, uh, my oh, favorite man. guy, our the absolute boy, boy, our absolute boy. <laughs> Who is Bond compared with Kronstein? Huh? Who is Bond compared with Kronstein? Kronstein fucking rules, man. We see him, he's introduced playing chess at like an international chess tournament. And he gets a message hidden under a glass of water saying, you're needed immediately by us, Spectre. Mm -hmm. And he just fucking pulls out the perfect rook sacrifice. He plays, uh, the the moves are actually Boris Spassky's that he's playing, but he Mm. just instantly ethers this guy who he'd, I guess, been toying with before now. 
And the guy congratulates him too. It's such like a it's such a cuck move. He's like, ah, oh, well done, sir. Brilliant play. And Cronsey's like, get out of my way, bitch. Walks like, the fuck out. It's, People it's are trying to shake like, his hand and he walks past them. Yeah, he's such a it's dick. Like, it's it's the joke answer for how do you introduce a character and make sure the audience knows they're smart is you have them win yeah. games in a single move and they're like yeah Kronstein yeah but like the thing is right like you're supposed to hate Kronstein right but like we oh, don't how can you we don't because he's he's actually as cool as James Bond believes himself to be. And all the Kronstein always acts like he's had about like three drinks already. Three drinks. <laughs> he's got drinks that kind deep. of like three drink confidence and also like slightly yeah. slurred attitude. Kind of I like, love him. <laughs> kind of like hooded eyes. And he's just like very, uh, like his, his deal is smart, right? That's his whole thing. But like he, he outlines this, this beautiful plan to Lofeld. Mm, isn't the first Lofeld we see yet. of him or don't see of him as the case may be. Yeah, we see the back of his head, and he's got and hair. his hands. He's stroking hands. a white cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we get the classic. We get the cat. He also has a very cat. very cool ring, which I have tried to find. It's it's got a, it's got the Spectre logo on it. I'm trying to God, find my own version. It's very very cool. He's got like that a ring. So much. It, it's on his pinky finger too, which means it's a signet ring. And I want mm-hmm. to know what what like wax seals he's impressing with a big fucking octopus. In this secret organization that he's running. whatever he wants, I imagine. Oh, that yeah. is true. But like Blofeld, Blofeld gets his little speech where he outlines sort of the ideology of Spectre, and he uses as a as a pedagogical tool to demonstrate this <laughs> Siamese <laughs> fighting fish. Mm, <laughs> yeah, he's got a tank full of fish, and they fucking hate each other. And those fish, like they're real fish. They're really oh, yeah, killing each he, other. They they didn't get like CG fish in there. These weren't models. They just had like actual fish ripping each other up in this fucking yeah. tank. Yeah. And, and Blofeld says that the like they're brave but on the whole stupid, which is a very funny thing to say about a fish. But <laughs> <laughs> fucking but, idiots. But, dumb. but occasionally <laughs> occasionally <laughs> you get a smart one. And what a smart Siamese fighting fish does is wait for two other Siamese fighting fish to exhaust each other in fighting and then strikes and kills both of them. Mm. And that's what Spectre's gonna do to the superpowers. Mmm. Also, also in the room is uh, a woman who's referred to as Number Three, who number is like three. A, she's a Soviet, um, but she's now working for Spectre, and she she always, whenever she's in the room with Blofeld, is always like sweating profusely and looking very nervous. Oh, yeah. So we we really get a sense of like Blofeld will fucking kill you if you cross him. Oh yeah. But anyway, in comes Kronstein, not a fucking afraid of anything. <laughs> he's like not. stumbling oh, he's... in like I would even say who, is bo- uh, who, who is Von Kronstein? Yeah. Walks right he's... in and then Blofeld's yeah. like, yo, okay, so Kronstein, have you got the plan? And he's like... <laughs> yeah, and, and Kronstein is just like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to, big man? I'm gonna explain <laughs> my theory of the Anglo mind to you, which he does. And he's he, says, right. he says this, right? My reading of the British mentality is that they always treat a trap as a challenge. 
Yeah, because he he outlines his plan, and and Blofeld's like, well, this, I mean, that clearly sounds like a trap, and he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's meant to. Shut up, moron. <laughs> yeah, he's it. like, I have anticipated every possible counter move. Like he's more or less just laying his dick out on Blofeld's desk here. And Blofeld's just like, yeah, okay, you, number three, go do the smart guy's thing. So, um, so Kronstein's plan is he's setting up this very, very obvious trap. Uh, and what they're going to do is they're going to they're have this Russian agent try to defect, shag James Bond, and kind of bait the British intelligence in by saying, we've got this lector decoding machine that she's going to bring with her when she defects. And all you've got to do is, like, come and pick her up. And that's them. Mm-hmm. They're laying this trap mm-hmm. for Bond. Yes, and uh, as as we heard, Blofeld is like, "This is obviously a trap." Yeah, of course it is. The Brits are going to fall right into it anyway. Which, spoiler alert, they do. Roughly. Yeah, yeah. Em even has a line where he's like, "Well, of course it's a trap, but honestly, <laughs> the pussy's too good." <laughs> Seen this? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but we have to we have to properly introduce. Our, our our nemesis, Red mm. Grant, which requires mm. us to go to a place which is honestly called. <laughs> it's co- <laughs> honestly. Co- Welcome to Spectre Island. Great honor. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you call yeah, it man, that? Yeah, man, Spectre Island. Dude, my Spectre hidden Island. secret base is called Spectre. <laughs> and uh, that's not even the funniest thing about it. So so. Uh, Colonel Kleb, number three, she goes to pick up Red Grant, who is the guy who's going to actually, you know, do the nasty on Bond. Um, she goes to pick him up, and they walk through the Spectre training area. This oh, to meet him. my favorite. So <laughs> like, it's so good because they've got they've got people doing live firing. With yep. some with machine guns, some with flamethrowers. They've got actual live henchmen running behind the range, like dodging between the <laughs> targets. Whether they're being paid or what, I don't know. And then, like five feet away, they've got people doing judo and like karate chopping through boards. <laughs> like, chopping through boards. It really seems like, so like Spectre Island was a lot smaller than they were expecting. <laughs> and they just have to do all like, the training oh, here. Fucking- 10 meter by 5 meter training area and they're just trying to get everything done. <laughs> and they also can't one. afford good dubbing because everyone on Spectre Island is overdubbed and they all sound terrible. The guy is quite clearly saying the word lake but they dub him over to say pool like Red Grant is by the pool. So like, <laughs> anyway, they go and, and meet Red Grant. Then they go to it and it's a lake. Let me tell you, that's it's not a, a lake. <laughs> yeah, Red, Red, Grant, Red Grant is just getting his biceps jerked off by a woman in a bikini, which... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's what a massage is, but that's what she's doing. She's fucking mm-hmm. going to work on one of his massive biceps. And Rosa Klebb decides to interview him for this role of killing James Bond, for, to, for the for position of James Bond murderer. Mm-hmm. And her technique for this is to put on a fucking knuckle duster and sucker punch him in the solar plexus. And well, when he I, I was quite surprised when you did that to me and Dev when you when you interviewed us to have us on the podcast, Listen, Alice, but I'm glad you've got to maintain standards. I, mm. I, 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 I suffered it completely normally. The, the best <laughs> thing about when Grant comes over, like, the guy's like, Grant, get over here. And he comes right over and he just puffs his chest out so hard. Yep. It's mm. if you take like a fucking screenshot of him, it, he's doing like slightly overweight man pretending to be thin yeah. pose. And it's and, so good. Yeah. And Grant's background, right, that we're given 
is just murderer, right? That's his deal. <laughs> Spectre fucking broke him out of prison and recruited him in Tangier. And, like, I played this as the opening, but I really want to hammer on this drop, right? This grant's one of the best men we've ever had. Homicidal paranoic, superb material. Though his methods were a little crude, his response to our training and indoctrination have been remarkable. And I want to, like, explore the ideological consequences of the fact that those sentences are also a perfect description of James Bond as played by Daniel Craig. <laughs> Yeah, with the exception it's, of the prison, yeah. Well, I would go as far as, I mean, I would go as far as to say, obviously, um, what's his name? Red Grant. Obviously, obviously, Donald Grant, Donny, as I call him, is is being set up to be like the anti-Bond. Mm, like, yes. he's clearly being put there as like, this is Bond, but like in a mirror, in a shattered mirror with a big crack down the middle. But, it, it, and, but he doesn't really live up to that particularly well. No, because mm. the thing is, right, like, what they're going for is Bond, but evil. But he's not that evil, and he's also better at being Bond than James Bond is. Yeah, which we'll I mean, get they, they do. Yeah. In, in later films, they perfect the kind of Bond, but evil villain. Uh, this is the sort of first version of the Alec Trevelyan and the, the bad guy from Die Another Day who we see much later on. But yeah, they are trying to go for this interesting James Bond, but evil. He even looks a little bit like Daniel Craig, actually. Yeah. Mm. You can kind of see like the, the sort of really close cropped, very blonde hair and the like mm. very, very large, physically imposing man. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So he was also fun fact on this, he was also he's four inches shorter than Sean Connery. Huh. But he's required to be taller than him in all of the shots, so he was always stood on a, a wooden box every time <laughs> they had to act next to each other. Hell yes. So Shocking. we've we've so, got a So plan. then we have this scene. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk us through capital T, capital S, this scene? <laughs> yeah. We have a few of these, and this is Stumble. definitely the first scene where you're like, oh Christ, oh God. We, we see Tatiana, who works in the Consulate General of the Soviet Union mm -hmm. in Istanbul, and we see her say goodbye to her work friends, walk across a bunch of really uneven cobblestones and kitten heels, which, queen. Yeah, mm -hmm. fucking hell. And then goes to report to her new boss, Colonel Kleb, in an apartment, I guess. And, and, and it, we know that Kleb is working for Spectre, but no one else but knows she that yet. doesn't. She, she, as far as she's concerned, Kleb is like in uniform too. So she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, this is, this is a colonel of state security who has a secret assignment for me. And what that secret assignment turns out to be is some fucking T-for-T-ass, Lesdom-ass, like, this scene, man. I swear to God, could have been filmed in the fucking armory. The the point that they want you to get from this is that Rosa Klebb is a lesbian, right? Mm -hmm. And they are mm -hmm. not subtle about no, that they're not. one. It is more me. subtle than no, it is in God, the books. No. So so when Tatiana comes in, uh, Colonel Klebb basically performs a MILF check. She's like, "Can you please take <laughs> your jacket off and turn around?" This is the Soviet state <laughs> MILF check, uh, and then yep. and then she basically says, "So you're a slut, like." She's like, how many you've had, you've had yeah. three lovers? And she's like, what is the significance of such a personal question? And then Kleb's like, nothing. It just turns me on. Uh, and then <laughs> Kleb like touches her knee in a in a way yep. that clearly makes Tatiana uncomfortable. Kleb also has some kind of big like it's like a stick, pay stick or like a, a riding stick, prop. Like, something halfway between. Oh, you will be shot. 
Um, and she smacks the back of her chair with a really aggressive sound effect, too. And she basically says, this is a photo of James Bond. If for Mother Russia, we need you to fuck him and do whatever he says. Like, she's, she's setting Tatiana up to be this kind of honeypot. Um, and it is this, I mean, I'm going to use the word again, it's hauntology, because we have this scene where the the villain, Colonel Kleb, is is coded not explicitly but very obviously as a lesbian and not this is not presented as like titillation for the audience as it might be in a more modern film it's portrayed as she is a lesbian and this is bad this is like mm-hmm. evil it's, it's sinister predatory. she's yeah. predatory she's creepy yeah. for this she is as they used to call lesbians the lavender menace she right. is like she mm-hmm. is the kind of woman about about whom women would and did say they should not be allowed in our changing rooms. So there's this weird, like, as a trans mm. as a trans woman watching this scene, it's very, very haunting. Um, but it's anyway, also very funny because Colonel Kleb, right? She's she's older. She's not like, do you want to say conventionally attractive to the imagined audience of this no. movie? No, that's why. No. That's why I'm, I fucking called it T for T, right? It's because it fucking is. You have a woman who's like hyper femme, who's literally being dubbed by another woman because her voice doesn't fucking work for the role because her accent's too thick. Being seduced by this, frankly, kind of mannish older woman rules. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's seduced. I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that's my reading of the scene. I mean, mm, it's, I it's not portrayed as a seduction. Preyed like, upon. Definitely, yeah, it's preyed upon. Yeah, this is portrayed. It, I think it's quite a homophobic scene, actually. Um, but oh, anyway, uh, then we cut to the sex that we're allowed to be okay with because James Bond is shagging in a boat. Yeah, which I just want to pull up. That's eighteen minutes into the movie that we get our first shot of Bond mm. because <laughs> that it's first of all it's the lowest stakes of any any Bond movie or, or yeah. indeed basically yeah. any spy movie of all time. Yeah. It's, they want to steal a, a code decoding machine, right? It's not there's a nuke going to go off. It's not the world's ending. It's not it's even not rocket, rocket fall, fall down. Over. Yeah. Exactly. It's, rocket's not even falling down. It's just a, a code machine. And it sort of serves only to set up Spectre in more mm. detail and as more of a threat. So they spend the whole start just focusing in on all the auxiliary characters because we know what Bond's like. We understand Bond. Yeah. Um, he, he, for the previous 18 minutes, 18 minutes, minutes he's like, been shagging. We can oh, totally. After having been shagging. With Sylvia um, Trench, the lady from the first film. Yeah, he's with, he's with Sylvia. They genuinely wanted to make this a recurring character. And like she would constantly be getting cock blocked by Bond having to jet off to such and such another like exotic destination. And it just doesn't happen. This is the last time we see her in the franchise. Mm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but once Bond again, gets Bond it. gets called away from <laughs> Sylvia to go and see M. Bond gets called away on a gigantic pager, uh, which then requires <laughs> him to like use the car phone in his open-top Bentley. Again, this is like... Because that's in the books. That's the and this is the first Bond car. Is this ridiculous nineteen twenties looking ass car? And that massive phone was honest. Like the huge phone in a car was like state of the art gadget. Oh, yeah, like that 100%. was supposed to be something where you saw that and you were like, "Holy shit! Look at what the cool mm-hmm. shit Bond has!" But it's like this massive fucking handset. <laughs> no, it's just sort of quite charming. Dashboard of your car. Yeah. yeah. 
Kind of nice. And so Bo- it's, Bond, it's nice. yeah. Bo- Bond does the same thing twice, where he's just like, yeah, I'll be in an hour, and then Sylvia Trench is like, but you won't have sex with me. And he's like, we're fine, hour and a half, so I can have sex with this woman. Which hour he does. and ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, sorry, actually, what, what hump inefficiently. What he says is that as he's closing the fucking like, canopy of the Bentley over them is now about that lunch, which implies he's going to eat her pussy for half an hour. I don't believe that Bond has ever eaten a pussy. No, I don't I'm think he has. I'm willing to put a pin in that. I don't think he does that. <laughs> no. I genuinely do not believe... We can. This is the rest of the podcast, by the way, is we're yeah, just going to be talking about talking whether about or not this. Bond eats pussy. He doesn't. Like, fully no. No, he, he thinks it's gay. He won't do it. He yeah. comes and he's like, well, that's enough of that, and just leaves. 100%. My God. So after having done that, he goes back to the same shitty office as last time, meets M, and M is like, yo, this, this girl in Istanbul, she wants to bang you, uh, and also bring a cipher machine. And fucking, once again, ablest James Bond. Uh, I have a drop for this. Of course, girls do fall in love with pictures of film stars. But not a Russian cipher clerk with a file photo of a British agent. Unless she's uh, mental. Unless she's, <laughs> unless she's, unless she's Ooh, mental. Oh, man. Oh, that sounds like an ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like he got to the end of his line and then he was like, no, this isn't offensive enough. Hang on. Yeah, that's right. Wait, I've got to. Which is such a Connery move in general, right? So something, mm. something I, I want to bring up, right, is mm. that a- allegedly the story is that Tatiana has fallen in love with James Bond from his file photo, wants to defect, but will only defect to him in person. And to sweeten the deal, we'll provide the Lecter decoding machine to the British. So this implies that the Soviets have a file photo of James Bond, a British well, secret agent. And M doesn't see this as a reason for Bond to immediately retire. Like, Bond, you're our main guy. They know exactly what you look like. You are <laughs> sucked, you fucking idiot. <laughs> It gets better, right? Oh because God, there's I some reciprocity. There's Fuck. some reciprocity here because M then says the head of Station T in Turkey managed to snap a photo of this woman, and he hands Bond fully a glamour shot. Like, yeah, mm. like this is not a fucking surreptitious photo that's been taken. This no, is it is 100%. very, she very close. He's like, "Excuse me, madam, I am like to spy on you," and she's like, "Oh, please go ahead." Yeah, please and, go and, ahead. So, and now here's my thing. I'm just going to nip in here and say, Abby, how dare you say shit about Kronstein's plan? This, <laughs> this is a masterwork. I'm not talking shit about <laughs> Kronstein's plan. I'm talking shit about M's, abil- like M's apparent inability to realize that he's got a massive security breach on his hands. <laughs> they know what uh, Bond looks like. Uh, the British. He's meant to be uh, a secret agent. Isles. World's greatest spy. That's right. James Bond. Well, James one movie in and they already know what you look like, you don't. We also, we get Fuck to meet They know it Hugh. so well, they made a rubber mask of his face! <laughs> uh, yeah, Fuck. they fucking yeah, did that. That's not from not observation. They've got like <laughs> yeah. 360 degree photos of your face, my man. They pulled out a perfect... <laughs> 3D model of you. They could, they could put a mask on someone and just walk into M's office and shoot him. Like that's how that is how compromised MI7 is. Uh, uh-huh. uh the British uh-huh. Isles. But we we have to get another gadget, which Bond does. We meet Q for the first time. Desmond, Desmond Llewellyn, Llewellyn is Q. 
Yeah, and what he gives Bond is an Atashi case, mm. which contains a bunch of hidden coins, gold sovereigns, uh, a, a concealed mm. knife, a mm. gun, which again fucking rules that you could just get on a plane with a rifle in a suitcase. Well, it was in it was in his carry on. He was just like, yeah, <laughs> and don't worry about it. In in a classic example of the like Q format for explaining something. Watch very carefully. An ordinary tin of talcum powder <laughs> inside a tear gas cartridge. And if you open the case wrong, the tear gas canister goes off in your face. Hmm. Clever. Yeah, remember that. Remember that for later. Yeah, this is this is a technique called foreshadowing, and the Bond movies don't do it often, but <laughs> when they do it, fucking lands like an it? anvil. He's honestly like, he's like, oh, it's, yeah, no, they spend a lot of time talking about this case. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, he's going to win using the case. He's going to win like, using the tear is- gas case. Yes. Mm. Bond, Bond, Bond flirts with Money Penny on the way out, and Money Penny is like, you never take me to Istanbul. And he gives her the photo of Tanya, which for some fucking reason he signs. From Russia with love as a title drop. He doesn't even fucking go to Russia. He's not going to. There's no Russia she's in this movie. From Russia, I, I guess. It's also not clear why Turkey. Money Penny would want this photo anyway. Yeah, no. Money Pen- Money Penny's the only good female character. Lois Maxwell in, in any of these so rules. Far. Yeah, no. she's so good. And I mean, <sighs> and that's God. because she isn't. An object of desire, right? I, oh, I went well, into this a I, little bit. I like to tell you. No, 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 no. I uh, sure. I'm, what I mean is the. I mean, I like to and I, and I like Titania. <laughs> I said this on the first one. Is that every every single James Bond character is thought of first and foremost? Like, how do they interact with Bond? Mm. And then after that, they build a character. And for, for Tanya suffers from it as well. Is how does she interact with Bond? Or Bond wants to fuck her, and then they build the character after that. With with Money Penny, it seems like they actually started with an actual character in that she's not mm. supposed to be just like a fuck and forget. She's actually like going to be recurring. She needs to have some sort of staying power. So she comes across as basically the only woman in a Bond film that you're supposed to understand as a person. Like mm. she's the only one that isn't yeah, true. Other. She's the only one who doesn't have the mind of a child, which we'll get into. Oh god, um, yeah. But before yeah, before we, we do that, brain later we have well. we have we have a classic in the in the genre of airport scenes, mm-hmm. right? Where Bond Bond shows up, meets a guy uh, who like literally just grabs a martini off a tray in the airport, and oh, god, the, the, so the cool. world's most spy-looking man, <laughs> <laughs> the world's most suspicious-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this man with a fucking painted on moustache wearing a beret <laughs> starts following them. But we do get one crucial piece of information here, which is that Bond has learned from Dr. No. He has learned not to just immediately get into the car of a man who's going to kill you at the airport, and he has a code phrase. Hmm. Can I borrow a match? I use a lighter. It's better still. Until they go wrong. Exactly. Which sounds like such a fucking proposition in general, right? Yeah, like, it again, sound same, like a same thing was with Quarrel. It sounds like Bond is picking these guys up, but... Yeah, and I mean, 
Anyway, they use this one code phrase throughout the entire movie. Uh, it That's is right. laughably insecure, but this time it was. As with all of MI6's meshes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's more secure you, than his would, face. would you care to, like, pretend, pretending you haven't seen this movie? If I told you, uh, yeah, the fucking MI7 station in Turkey, in Istanbul, operates out of a front business, what would you guess that that front business would be? Uh, would it either be like carpets or olives? Those would be uh, so fucking. It's a, in the ba- it's in back of a rug shop. There you go. A big tricky, rug tricky over the door. Cream, yeah, and we meet my second favorite character in this movie after Kronstein, <sighs> Ali Karim oh. Bey, the head of Station T in Turkey, and a man whose only job in this movie is to lay maximum pipe at all times. <laughs> In all situations. He's so cool. He's, he's like very such cool. Fun. He's like our Every- man in Istanbul. He's very cool. Yeah. Wearing wears a lot of like linen, white linen suits. Um and like as uh, as a means of telling you how much he fucks, right? We get uh. this exchange. So I gathered from your chauffeur. He's a rather intelligent young man, by the way. He should be. He's my son. Coffee? Medium sweet. Two, medium sweet. He also is my son. <laughs> All of my key employees are my sons. And he has so it's many so of them. It's yeah, they keep going. It's like a recurring so gag. <laughs> like, also, something else I pulled out, which made, like, my, which when I was watching and I paused the video to yell about for a second or two, Karim has a framed photo of Churchill on his desk. Yeah, and a giant one. It's too. so good. It's, yeah, it's massive. very weird. It's, it's so good. <laughs> because it's like, for what purpose can you possibly have this? I guess, I guess he just has like too large of a family to have mm. just family photos there. Yeah, it would take and up we, the whole desk. And we also find out that uh, Bond has been followed, which he observes, like everybody knows everybody's following everyone else, by a pair of Bulgarians working for the Russians, and that's mm-hmm. who that incredibly spy-looking man is. And also and Donald so, is following in a, in a car. Yes, that's right. And we get a sort of interesting sequence, right? Because like we get an excruciatingly long scene of Bond checking into his hotel. <laughs> and the thing the thing about this one, right, is that like in the early Bond movies, they really paper over the cracks with the Bond theme. Like, you know that mm. once they finish composing it, they're like, okay, we've got a thing here, right? But like Whenever there's a slow moment, they'll just fucking crank that shit up. And so Bond inspects his hotel room for bugs and then asks for another hotel room and like tips the bellhop and stuff. And in the background, you have the extremely epic Bond music. And you kind of, you get the sense that like Bond has this running on a loop in his head as he just does (laughs) mundane stuff. Like he's just going about his day doing dum 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 dum. I'm gonna argue with you on this one um i oh. i think the hotel scene is masterful if anything the music terrible like bad if you watched it <laughs> silently it would be good because of, again i want to go over it. this is not a light motif it's not like different no, music no, on no, the no, same no. tune it's, it is it's the, the bond it is what you think of as the bond thing, like, yeah. but the 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 hotel scene is is great because he he shows up he finds a bug in the hotel 
and he asks them to move to a different room and they go, okay, tell him they've only got the bridal suite. So they tell him he swaps to the bridal suite. He now thinks he's safe, but in reality, he's now in the room that they wanted him to be in from the start. (laughs) It's it's a way of showing that he's being completely outplayed by Spectre. That's a good point, Dave. I hadn't actually realized that. They put a very obvious bug in there. He finds it, and then he he thinks he's like, I'm fucking James Bond. I found the bug. And then he moves room, and then he doesn't care about security from that point onwards. I mean, all I can say is- You're right, Dev. Compared with Kronstein. <laughs> Kronstein <laughs> wins again, motherfucker! Kronstein fucking wins again! <laughs> yeah, that's right. He has anticipated every move. Damn, good work, Kronstein. That's right. And so, Grant- kills the, the this Bulgarian dude, and he leaves his body outside the Soviet consulate, prompting an act of revenge. Mm-hmm. They they try to kill Kareem, and the reason <laughs> this doesn't work... Is because Mrs. Kareem is horny. Mrs. Kareem is so fucking horny, man. He's trying to, like, work on some papers, and she calls his name, like... Six times. She's like she's writhing, like biting on, in a, in on her a own ver- necklace. She's yeah. like, I need the pipe immediately. <laughs> this second. No, it can't wait. I don't give a shit what kind of secret bullshit you're doing. And his line, which I quite like, is, well, back to the salt mines. And yeah. as he's taking <laughs> off his jacket. <laughs> As he's taking off his jacket, the Bulgarians try to kill him by setting off a disco ball in his office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a up. purple explosion, which is they, very fun. Yeah, just a flashing purple light goes off, and the and the fucking roof comes down. And it's it's that's just bomb. how Karen Bay fucks. That's just how he does it. That happens every <laughs> time. <laughs> Well, that's well, kind like, of what Bond implies when he shows the bomb. Yeah, no, yeah. Bond, yeah, Bond, Bond just says. straight up asks him, "Hey, are you a rapist?" Like, He's like, "Hey, did you do this with your dick?" Like, wow. Good like, work. genuinely, th- th- this is this is the exchange, right? A good fortune. I was relaxing on the settee for a few moments. The girl left me hysterics. Find your technique too violent. Fuck yeah, it's really like ooh. Fuck me, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. it's kind of mm. creepy. Um, but anyway, then we get some uh, racism. Not yes. quite yet. No, that's first, a little bit. First, we have to like swim across a reservoir, and Bond has to use a periscope to like oh, look yeah. into the Soviet consulate yes. for some fucking reason. And he sees a pair of women's legs, and he's like, "This is the horniest I've ever been." I'm. Do you want to know what else? Woman. That's what? not Titania's legs. She had a, a leg double. The director decided her <laughs> really? legs weren't hot enough and swapped her out for a different one in that scene. Good lord. Which is why you never see her face in that, because it's a fully oh. different woman. <laughs> because, again, these the, movies are horrendously misogynist How would the to periscope work? Like, does it come up through the floor and a pot plant lifts up? Like, I imagine <laughs> so. Like, it's... <laughs> they've got, like... A, and I want to stress it. This is not, like, two mirrors set up. This is a full fucking naked... Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. submarine periscope. Yeah, but uh, oh, na- now, now we got to talk about the racism. Now, yeah, I yeah. think we should do some stall setting out here, right? Like, yeah, good idea. I think what we are going to say when we're talking about these people is Roma, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what they say in the movie. Yeah, that what is they not say the in word the movie, they use in the movie. I have it in a drop, so I'm gonna have to mention it. But the word that they use is 
gypsy, right? Mm -hmm. Kareem takes him to an encampment that he has, and he just quite flatly says, "Yeah, I use these guys like the Russians use the Bulgarians." To, yeah, like, that's his, that. The, the verb killing. is use, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He calls I them filthy, them. like they are. They uh -huh. are portrayed as sensual and tribalistic. And they, mm -hmm. they go, they're, they're going to see these people that Karim uses. It's not really clear why, but also mm -hmm. when they get there, uh, apparently two women are going to fight to the death over a man. Oh, I, got, I um, have the drop for this. Yeah. That's in a, yeah. That's in a it seems moment. we've come on the wrong night. Two girls in love with the same man have threatened to kill each other. Hey, when this happens. Settle it away. I want to just explain why they're, they're there. Because while they're, while they're looking through the periscope into the Russian embassy, they see a guy who's like a, a spooky killing man is how yeah, they say it. Like, Krilenku. He really enunciates it. He's here. He probably did the mine outside my room. We need to go somewhere else overnight so we'll be safe. And they go there and immediately Krilenku is, is he just finds them. Yeah, yeah, he, he just, just knows. Because yeah. MI7 leaks like a sieve anyway. <laughs> we're not concerned with this right now. What we're concerned with is the mm -hmm. like are the sensual ways of these people's women, right? That's right. The, the movie, the, we're about halfway through now, right? And the movie just has a striptease in the middle of it in case you get bored, basically. Yeah. Like, dance, yeah. It's got a belly dancer, and then Bond is just watching this, and then... The belly dancer comes out, and Bond turns around in his chair with such fucking speed and alacrity that you could like almost <laughs> hear the Metal Gear Solid exclamation because <laughs> he's talking to Kerim, and then you just hear like the rattling of a belly dancer, and he just rotates fully on the spot. Yeah, and he's then like, he's and like then an owl have... who, like, with the special ears on the side of his yeah. head, just like channels the noise of pussy like, full, to his full brain. Eyes bulge. Just, yeah, like his his head rotates 180 degrees. Yeah, it's it's then time <laughs> for the. Uh, let me say, ultimate surrender portion of this movie, which is mm. just two partially clothed women wrestling for the affections of an unseen man. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Roma catfight that every movie has to have. Of yeah. course. And it's, it's very uncomfortable because there's these two scantily clad women having this fight, and then partway through, Krilenko and the Bulgarians and also Red Grant attack. <laughs> and there's... There's this really weird gear shift between the violence that we are supposed to find sexy and entertaining, which is the violence of these two women killing each other, and then the violence that we're meant to find is oh, like now, now peril, now yeah, danger, now there's real danger. Oh, now yeah, this is so it's, it's this really yeah. bizarre gear change between the, these two kinds of violence. It's very odd, but anyway, the Bulgarians attack, um, mm -hmm. and then we get a slightly weird moment because. The, all, all these people in the encampment are being attacked by the Bulgarians, and as Bond is running through the camp trying to kill Just Krilenko, hitting people at random. But he saves someone's way. life. He yeah. actually he, stops and he saves a man's life, which is like the first unambiguously heroic thing we've seen him do. Yeah, he saves the chief, who says thank you in the most heavily accented way I've ever mm -hmm, heard. Mm -hmm. There's also a point in the fight where Bond comes across two men who are fighting and just yeah, pushes throws them, both them both into in a, a pond. pond. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, he's just not taking sides, I guess. Yeah, but he does do something unambiguously heroic, and also yeah, like, um, Red hmm. Grant saves his life at one point. He's about to yeah. be stabbed, right. and Red Grant shoots the guy. But like he's just shadows. sort of wandering from place to place, occasionally pistol whipping a guy in the middle of his back, uh, like pressing heavy attack, like setting a covered <laughs> wagon on fire, throwing a guy into a pond, and eventually the Bulgarians have had enough and they leave. And this leads to 
one of my favorite lines, which is uh, in relation to the chief whose life he saved. <laughs> Lavada thanks you for saving his life. You are now his son. <laughs> yeah, like he's made an honorary yeah. member of the tribe. Yeah, he and is. He is asked to dances uh, with wolves here. Yeah, is and asked he, to adjudicate the fucking girl fight by, I guess, fucking both of them mm -hmm. and, and deciding you, which one is a better wife. I started a stopwatch when these women appeared on screen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, because yep. we do a thing here where we measure how long it takes for a woman to first appear on screen to the time Bond has sex with them. Um, the, the record from the last was Miss Taro, a, a white woman in, in yellow face, mm -hmm. that took 8 minutes and 40 seconds. And this, this one, time, two, to the best women, of my knowledge, non-Roma women playing Roma. Absolutely. Two, two women, 5 minutes and 40 seconds apiece. Ooh, it's so he's impressed by 3 minutes. Record. Okay. He's yeah. cutting time down. This is, to my mind, and I, I don't know if this is or not, but I feel like this isn't a faithful representation of Romani culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's a cultural mechanism me. in Turkish Roma culture that requires or provides for a sort of semi-naked wrestle in order to marry a dude. I don't think that there is, but the movie insists, and so that's that. Um, and then they just leave. Then they just that. fucking leave. Yeah, yeah, in the morning they just go. And they're like, that um, was a scene. All right, next scene. Mm. Ne ne next scene. The, next, the next scene, scene is, is my favorite. Oh, please, take us through it. So Bond gets back to his hotel room, which, as we've established, is exactly the hotel room that Kronstein wants him in. And he finds a blonde woman in a choker in his bed. Oh, that fucking choker. It's which a black I mean... velvet choker. <sighs> and it... Mm, I think all of us currently are like doing the sort of like eyeballs bulging out of face, uh, yeah, siren yeah. noise. I mean, yeah. other than the fact that she is Russian rather than American, like, oof, like this is, I'm, I'm very jealous of Bond in this scene. <laughs> um, and, and anyway, you know that that, this, it, this scene is a stock audition for Bond actors and Bond girls. Yeah, really? which is when, remarkable. Yeah, it's when not a particularly good scene. No, it's not. But when they've been casting Bonds, that's one of the auditions that they make them do. Is Bond really? discovers this woman in his hotel room. Uh, he's actually he's taking a bath and he forgets to turn the tap off. So presumably the room is just flooding at this mm -hmm. point. And um he falls sort of face first into the honey trap with another truly transcendent line. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Thank you. But I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. I mean, that is is such yeah. a go to jail. Go to yeah, it's prison. not a good line. Go to fucking prison, man. I mean, I I would also fall into the honey trap if a honey trap looked like that. But this is Tanya. Uh, she's played by an Italian actress, being dubbed again because I don't know why. That's just how we do it. She had a really thick Italian accent, apparently, mm. and it would have been a bit weird if she was like, eh, "I think my mouth is too big." <laughs> But anyway, hey, welcome to Istanbul, greatest city in the world. <laughs> hey, I love the communism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you ever heard of a bodega? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she's meant. She's very much meant to be Russian, so they couldn't yeah. have a heavy Italian accent. Mm -hmm. But anyway, then, they, so they they fuck. They yeah. fuck, but like 
we get a, a really well done shot of the other side of the mirror where there's a bunch mm. of guys with like uh, really advanced cameras just like filming them in close up. I, I paused it on this to, to tell who the two of them were because the British film censors said that they had to make that shot very, very quick. Because ah. apparently fucking on screen is fine, but not voyeurism on screen. Oh, but it's I, I not voyeurism, it, they're not doing Grant it for sexual purposes. Whoa. Like, it's Grant and Cleb in there. Huh. Oh, I didn't even realise that. Yeah, I, I didn't spot it well, until I guess, the it, second I guess watch. it is voyeurism if Cleb's there, because she's getting yes. off on Grant. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Grant, mm. as far as we know, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a scene where they, where they deal with the the guy Prilenku, they finally deal with him and it's it's a beautiful scene where bond sexually harasses a woman sort of in the abstract yeah he sexually harasses a, a poster so to set this scene up here what, what they're doing is they they know where Krilenku is they know where his base is so they're hiding nearby with with bond's folding sniper rifle from his his uh his case um, Karimbe sends two of his sons who are policemen to go and knock on the door and then uh, He can't Kulenku, just run out the back he opens an escape hatch <laughs> which is on, on the wall where there's a massive poster and it is the woman's mouth of the poster just opens up and he starts to climb out Karimbe shoots him and then as a sick line Bond says she should have kept her mouth shut doesn't bear it's like, any resemblance. What are you talking about, this? dog? <laughs> yeah, there's one what? line in this film aren't actually that very good. There's a very bad one later on. Oh, but we'll get yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. get to that one. But anyway, they they get Krolenko. Yeah, we we have a brief scene in the Aya Sophia, the um the the now mosque then museum in Istanbul, uh, where Bond manages to extract a floor plan that he does not need. From a woman that he has already had sex with, like <laughs> for no real reason, and the reason this scene exists is so that the, our like obvious Bulgarian spy man can get fucking murdered by Red Grant, mm-hmm. who like with the simple expedient of punching him in the side of the head twice, murders him stone fucking dead. Just sort mm. of slaps him twice. It's yeah, and then th- they get the floor plan of the Soviet consulate in order to steal the uh, the cipher machine, and then they already have a floor plan. They're just checking if it matches mm-hmm. for some reason. There was no reason to like do this. Um, and but uh, Kareem, like Kareem and Bond, are immediately like, "Yo, this is a, like the biggest trap. This woman is clearly playing me, James mm-hmm. Bond." However, the pussy too good. So I, I don't care about this. I mean, I'm going again, to like... if the honeypot looks like that, I mean, uh, yeah. Kareem says something to the effect of, she's got you whipped, Bond. It's a very nice choker. It is nice, yeah. And then we get a what I call the horny Trans machine women, talk. Yeah, the horny machine talk section. Oh, I like where this Bond, scene. Bond is trying is to like scene? extract technical details about this cipher machine, and so she's just like, I'm so horny. You just fucked me already, like, instead of talking about this boring boy stuff. So Bond, um, Bond is recording her talking about the Lecter decoder machine to try and establish that it's genuine, and he's sending this recording back to MI6, but she tries to embarrass Bond in front of his boss by just talking into the recording about how goddamn horny she is. 
And that was my read on it, is that she's trying to annoy him and wind him up, which yeah. I thought was quite cute. But, like, the thing is, right, but Bond, this is the only moment where Bond outplays her because he kicks that embarrassment up the chain one level by embarrassing his boss himself with this <laughs> very curious line. Dushka, tell me the truth. Am I as exciting as all those Western girls? Oh, well, once when I was with Anne in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all, that's all. I mean, <laughs> fill in the blanks yourself. But uh. I, I, all I have to say about that and the implications there are this drop that I used already. My reading of the British mentality is that they always treat a trap as a challenge. Again, yeah. you know, who welcome. is Bond compared to Kronstein? <laughs> uh, who is Bond? The, the other funny thing, right, is how horny this makes Money Penny of all people. Like oh, she's yeah. listening in on the intercom, oh, and she's yeah. fucking sucking off a pencil, listening to another <laughs> woman be horny. I don't. I, uh, mm. it's a, yeah, it's not a great. Yeah, this movie's really giving me mixed messages about lesbianism. Um, it, yeah, it's good, but also it's not good. It's it's good when it's not communist, I guess. Anyway, Bond gets the actual cipher machine stupidly easy by the simple expedient of fucking blowing up a diplomatic mission with a bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, it seems very easy to do that. It's not really very exciting just either. Done that. Didn't need to do the whole honeypot thing. Could have just blown up a wall and then, like, karate chop one man, steal the thing, run out. That's right. Um, and then we get to the fucking denouement. They get on the Orient Express. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, this is a long scene. Yeah, God. Mm. Yeah, it takes for fucking ever. Unfortunately, it's like 30 minutes. One of, one of the Soviet dudes, who is also an extremely sweaty man, you can kind of correlate like sweatiness to evil here, uh, manages to get on the train with them. Prince Andrew, um, the world's least evil man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I'm saying he's not evil. Allegedly a very nice man, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying allegedly he's a nice man. Yeah, so Bond and Kareem, like, do some fucking boy's own adventure shit. They easily capture this man, and then what they do with him to restrain him is they pull his jacket lightly down over his shoulders, and he's like, well, my, well you got me. Mm. Um, yes. Unfortunately, Grant then kills both of them because Grant's the only person in this movie who's good at his job. Yeah, and, and he's bloody good at his job as well. Like he's frequently just seen in the background of of scenes. Yeah, just he's sort of standing so fucking there. good at this. It's like yeah. a really well done menacing villain. He mm. is also the the actor who plays him really gives him this sort of menacing presence. He's very the good. only the only downside to it is that a lot of what he does that he's supposed to actually be menacing is done off screen so like mm. we only see him walking towards the room where Kerim is with with this other guy and then later on some other guy's like my god they're both dead as almost all of what grant does is off screen and i don't know that it really helps yeah mm. in the meantime though we get some character development for tanya which is to say bond buys her some lingerie and this is the most 1963 lingerie you can Oh is imagine. that what that was meant to be? <laughs> yeah it's like a ne- yeah it's like a negligee. It's, it's not got, even it's got that a it's like an ankle length it too. It's, oh, it's it's huge. Ankle length it's like oh god it is not sexy at all and I don't know how much of that is like film classification and how much of it is just like this was made before free love even but this like This was made before women were sexy. 
That's right. I before, don't think like, it was having seen Tanya. Yeah, that's, yeah, correct. You got me there. Calm down. I'm gonna get a spray bottle. So, <laughs> so I want to highlight very quickly when when they get on the train, they're given false identities. Mister uh, and Missus Somerset. Yeah, David and Caroline Somerset. Bond Bond tells Tanya that her name is Caroline, and then immediately and loudly, with the door open as he's leaving, calls her Tanya. <laughs> King. And I'm like, yeah, King James Jedi. Bond, world's worst spy. spy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Here he is. Um, but then, sadly, we get a scene. So Kerem oh is dead. Yeah. Kerem's been killed. Oh, yeah. And Bond suspects that Tanya is a double agent or something. Yeah, how and we to get, get this... information out of a woman, 1963? Uh, violence? Sing along at home, if you know the words. Yeah, yeah. It, it's violence. literally like he grabs her by the arm and then he slaps her a couple of times. Yeah, our hero, ladies and gentlemen, like... Uh, yeah, and, and she's like... In tears, she's crying, to... it's very sad. She's reduced to tears, but also she's like, yeah, no, but I, she's protesting that she loves him and that she doesn't want him to leave her. It's real fucking grim, man. She's like, I love you, and Bond says, sure, and just fucking Ugh. leaves. And this, this woman has Dickhead. left her friends and presumably yep. her family, her country yep. behind, yep. and is now considering really defecting. And all she has to look forward to is this this violent bastard. It's so it's so it's a heartbreaking scene. Mm. Time marches on. Mind, I'd also like to point out that Bond fucking hits her even when like they're supposed to be, you know, not hostile. Let me just give you this, right? Now listen. Just do as I say, will you? Yes, Jams. And I mean that. I mean, <sighs> well, that was that was him. That was a slap on the ass. That was a slap on the slap, ass. That was a wasn't firm it? slap on the ass. Uh, just yeah, just do as I say. Smack. Um, and uh, you know we know that Sean Connery's own views about women and like uh, relationships mm. with women were not too different. Uh, this is, I, I don't think audiences at the time would have seen it as being anything aberrant in the slightest. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's a really grim thing. Like, it hasn't aged. Um, oh god, no, it has not aged well, my word. Um, no. Um, but then, uh, Red Grant makes his move. Yeah, we get to Zagreb. And because MI7 uses the same laughably insecure code phrase, all the time. Apparently the, everywhere as yeah, well. Everywhere mm. in the world. Do, do you have a match? Uh, I use a lighter. Uh, that, better better still. still. Until they break down. Like So Grant knows this. You'd think because he'd been standing directly behind Bond the last time he used it, he would know it that way. But no, he later says that like Spectre's you know, world reach sweated it out of a guy in Tokyo. <laughs> Which is so funny because that implies that that code phrase is used <laughs> every single yeah. mission. Again, MI6's security is state of the art. Um, it's not but this good. is also when we, when we hear Red Grant's voice for the first time and it's really not what I expected. Yeah, Red, Red, so Red Grant hitmans his way into like, he gets further uh, increasing the vibe of this as a pickup line. He gets the guy who M has sent to meet Bond to follow him into the toilets, murders him, takes his, takes his hat for some fucking reason, and then adopts his persona, Captain Nash. And he adopts the voice too, so it's very plummy, it's very upper class. 
And it sounds. And at this fucking... point, I'm struck by the fact that that Red Grant is already on the train, and has yeah, already committed two murders on the train. Why not just kill Bond? Why? Because why he needed this to subterfuge? like toy with him, I guess. Oh, I like, guess it's, oh, it's all part. It's all part of Kronstein's plan. Um, <laughs> why yeah, not okay. just kill Bond? Is going to be a sentence we say maybe. <laughs> yeah. Ad absurdum. Yes, over the course true. Of this podcast. Because yeah. because Bond Bond like takes him to dinner, and Red Grant orders in the persona of Captain Nash. He he like first of all he drugs Tanya with chloral hydrate, which That's Bond right. is later repulsed by, which is fucking hypocritical of him. Mm. Um, and then he orders a Chianti with his soul. He orders red wine with fish, and which is fucked up. Which is fucked up. It certainly was then. I mean, you could get certain red wines now that it would work, but back then it was like, what? Not a chianti. This, this is the kind of thing that like you had to use to show that someone was jokified in 1963, because we didn't have <laughs> the kind of advanced jokification technology that we have now. Instead, you just had to like be like, yeah, I'll drink a red wine with a fish. I don't give a That's shit. That's life. And the, the yeah, waiter, the waiter is like, "Yeah, do you want a do you want a white Chianti?" Which, first of all, isn't a thing. But no, this there are guy white is like, wines made in the Chianti region, so I just imagine the waiter like, was no, like, "No, fuck are you, you, have you give, fucked give up me, here? Do you just g- mean g- like give me a red Chianti?" Um, Insanity. Yeah, and so Tanya gets back to the room, collapses, and uh, Nash pulls a gun on Bond and reveals himself to be Red Grant. Mm-hmm. And but and Bond, being Bond, does not miss a fucking trick. Does not miss an opportunity to be a fucking snob. So the first thing that he says is, "Red wine with fish." Well, that should have told me something. Get me now the right wines. The other one on your knees. Which is again fucking is also roasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Red Grant's really, really good in this scene. Actually, Red Grant fucking owns. This is like, a good scene. Like Bond mm, seems to be in genuine, real peril in this scene. But at the same time, Grant is Grant reveals all of this very sensitive information that he really shouldn't. Like he reveals that he works for Spectre. He tells Bond what Spectre's plan is, but he does it in a way that yes, is goofy because he should have just killed Bond. But it's clear we're he seeing here now that Red Grant why. is a little bit unhinged. Well, the, he's, the other he's, fun yeah, thing he's about like this is that, this. like, when, as soon as he drops the act and he pulls the gun, his voice goes down about two full social classes. Mm. And so, when he's giving him the monologue, he sounds like this. Oh, I don't mind talking. I get a kick out of watching the great James Bond find out what a bloody fool he's been making of himself. We're pros, Mister Bond. We've sweated your recognition code out of one of your men in Tokyo. Before he died, which again you didn't need to do that, but which, it is which true. To us, that, to us, that does sound a bit fancy still, but like it, it cannot be stressed how fancy this bastard was making his voice before. Yeah, and like <laughs> he was constantly it's referring clearly to like old there, there's man some as well. fucking class character going on here. There's some class mm. anxiety about this guy who disguises himself as someone more upper class, and then the facade drops, and he's much meaner than that, right? Um, and so. He Bond tries to pay him off. As a member of the lower classes, you must like money, right? Yeah. And you get this this sort of beautiful, beautiful thing where it just does not work at all. Um How much are they paying you? What's it to you? We'll double it. 
word of honor. As an English gentleman. The first one won't kill you. Not the second. Not even the third. Not till you crawl over here and you kiss my foot. Yeah, and the whole so time good. in this scene, there's he's just really like there's this really pursed sort of tense anger. Yeah, there's no Brown. music at all. There's just the sound of the train. It's, yeah. it's mm. genuinely so so good, mm. right? Robert Shaw was the name of the actor playing Red Grant, and he really does mm. make him this like mm. stone cold killer. It's very good. Yeah, and this sort of contempt towards Bond, like he comes by it honestly, is the nice mm. thing. There is some, there's some real sort of uh, class animus here. Well, he's a big fan of the podcast, Red Grant. I mean, he he just wants to kill <laughs> James right. Bond, as do we all. Uh, honestly, Red Grant, come on the pod. Yeah. On Anytime, the pod. you're welcome. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tanya with for you. our boy, though, the, the hook is in, right? Bond yeah. realizes that the thing that gives him pause is like greed, is money. And so Bond is like, yeah, no, there's there's a bunch of money in this case. And of course... Through a technique known as foreshadowing, we know that when the case is opened mm-hmm. in the wrong way, a bunch of tear gas goes off. And this happens despite the fact that Red Grant takes a bunch of precautions, right? Like, he has Bond open the case, and then he, like, opens the second case himself. Mm. And it's just, like, it's actually quite deftly done. You mm. get the sense that this is not an easy man to trick, and that Bond, having done it and maintained a poker face the whole time, is something quite impressive. Yeah. And sadly, Red Grant gets, uh, he gets fucking done. He, he gets, gets got. He gets fucking There's done. He gets genuine done. genuine fight that lasts like it, two to the, three the minutes. First, the first good fight scene in the entire franchise. Yeah, Bond has learned fight. some new moves, not just heavy and light attack. He has learned the grapple feat, and as mm-hmm. such, uh, due to the invention of fight choreography, this looks like two guys in a train car with a light shot out trying to kill each other. Like, Bond mm. fucking stamps on his back at one point. Uh, it's it's really, it's brutal, and it's brutal in a way that, again, I don't think you see until the Craig movies, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, no, it's it, it's it's really quite striking. Unfortunately, the movie goes on for another 40 minutes after. Yeah, this is the point at which, like, if that had been the last scene in a movie, I would have been like, fuck, this is a great movie, actually. This is legitimately a good movie. But it overstays its welcome so hard. It, we're going to blast through this last bit, right? They yeah, yeah. they get off the train. Uh, Bond gets in a fight with a helicopter. A guy in a Spectre helicopter, who looks a lot like Simon Pegg, tries to gr- drop grenades on them. Which is very Bond unusual sh- because we've established that Spectre are trying to get the Lecter decoding machine and it feels like you damage it that yeah. way. But at this point, I think Spectre are taking the piss. <laughs> there's, there's actually some very impressive stunt flying. Which mm-hmm. still manages to be boring from a plot perspective, but like they try and run Bond down with the helicopter, like north by northwest, and um, like they actually got a lot closer to Sean Connery than they intended to. So oh. the the actual filming of this, Bond is diving out of the way of this helicopter that absolutely shoots through the frame. Um, unfortunately, of course, Bond wins in the end. He shoots the guy. The guy drops a grenade in the helicopter. It's mm-hmm. a very like Hemingway and inspi- no, not Hemingway, yeah, Hitchcock-inspired yeah. like crop duster. Kind of, course, of, scene. of course, Bond does have a line, which is one of their aircraft is missing, which is 
topical at the time because it's the name of a movie, but like oh. now is just like, yo, what? Now it's yeah, not yeah. a good line. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Um, and, then, and then, then, then the saddest scene. Then in the we whole... cut back to to Spectre's boat, Blofeld, Kronstein, and Kronstein now a little bit hungover, maybe. It's kind of starting to sober up, not feeling good about as, it. As smug as he was at that point, he's saying, "Look, it's Kreb." Kreb's fault. Kleb's fault. She fucked up. Her guy. Which is true. Do it right. Which is literally true. He Which set everything in the right place, and it was Grant's fuck up. But like Grant, neither of if them. Grant know had that. just shot Bond. Like Kronstein's. There's plan an extended gone, sequence where like Grant is robbing Bond, and he has a gun to his temple, mm. and he could have just fucking killed him, but like he does not. He chooses not to in order to obtain more gold sovereigns, and for this he pays with his life. But. Blofeld does a classic, what is to become a classic Blofeld move. He does mm -hmm. the fake out, right? Where he, he blames a button on his everything. Desk that summons Big Man. Big Man. <laughs> he presses the Big Man button. We all wish we had a Big Man summoning. He summons a flat nosed geezer. He summons. He, he does. does. And uh, and he's laying everything at Cleb's uh, uh, door. And then at the last second, the Big Man fucking murders our boy, our special man. Kronstein, with mm. a, a poison knife in his shoe. Kicks him right in the shin. Yeah, Kicks it seems right like you could have gone for one of the, the you could have gone for poison or knife in the shoe, but they decided to go for both. And Kronstein, um, like, lunges over the desk with this, like, really well done expression of, like, confusion mm. and affront and bafflement. Like, why would you do this? Like, for fuck's sake, man, my plan was good. Like, Kronstein's actor, Vladek Shebel, is is phenomenal. The this? plan yeah. worked. You could have fucking like, I don't know, dock the guy's wages or something. But instead, what Blofeld hits him with is failure is not an option. The punishment for failure, Inspector, is death every time. Another which presumably about... explains why they never win. Yeah, which is why there's, <laughs> they never there's three of them there, and they're called numbers one, three, and five. Like, <laughs> yeah, numbers numbers two and four could not make it on account of having been fucking have murdered. Failed. They failed. Yeah. They nah. failed, and they're dead. Yeah. And so he he Cleb is sweating buckets at this point, and Blofeld is like, "Fix it." So. We get through a boat chase, which is very boring, right? There's a, there's, yeah, there's a, very bad. There's a, there's, a, there's a boat chase, it's fine. Bond gets another line where he's like, where there's smoke, there's fire, which is funny because he's just set a bunch of men on fire. Those also, it doesn't make sense together, in contact. Like, like, yeah, it's very bad. It does not make sense. Tanya's still there, but she's just basically an object at this point. Yeah, she, yeah they, she's fully clocked out. They, mm. they get they. She, she never really recovers from being roofied. Well, like, after after the yeah. yeah. Oh fuck, fuck. That's something I wanted to point out because right after after Bond kills Grant, he he fucking finally does it. He needs to get off the train because they're basically at their stopping point, and uh, Tanya is still under the effects of roofies. So what Bond does is tries to threaten the drug into wearing off. <laughs> He's just and like, it Come works. On, up or I'm leaving you. <laughs> he does it's this like, a couple of times and it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good when he's trying to threaten a drug. Mm. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, we, we get a scene of them in the hotel in Venice, having made it to safety, and then fucking Rosa Kleb comes in disguised as the maid. Yeah. And tries to pull a it's gun on Bond. Yeah. 
And then at the last second, Tanya finally remembers that she, you know, is an agent of change and fucking lunges at her, which gives Bond enough time to fight her off while she's trying to kick at him with this poison knife in her shoe. Very inefficiently as well. Mm. Yeah. In, in, until Tanya finally shoots her and Bond cannot stop himself from saying she's had her kicks. Cleb doesn't <laughs> die well either. She, she, it seems like she's in a lot of, like... She dies mm. bitterly. It's not a kind yeah. of quick, like, haha, end of the James Bond film. Like, she really, she really suffers. Yeah. Mm. She puts it through. Yeah. How Tanya doesn't fucking merc Bond also and then just take the, the coding machine to the highest bidder, I will never know. But yeah. Well, because she's not a character. I've, I've been mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. They, 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 they get in a Vaporetto, and uh, there's always one plot point that I forget when I'm retelling these. And the plot point that I forgot in this one was the sex tape, right? The oh, tape yeah. that they made of them. Grant tells Bond that Kronstein's plan is to make their deaths look like a murder-suicide and leak this sex tape. And so, disgracing MI7 in the world because, like, this agent has just been having sex with a woman on the job. Fucked up. (laughs) I mean, in in 2021, they have just passed a bill that has made that explicitly legal, retroactively. But, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, yeah. Ba- back in, day, in 1963, that was a genuine threat, I guess. Um, and so, so Bond, Bond tosses that film in the canal because no one can know that James Bond is anything other than chaste. Um, There's also a very <laughs> funny Bond shot. So the, the camera the camera pans up to indicate that the film has ended, but because they're in this gondola against a green screen, it just looks like the gondola's sinking. <laughs> <laughs> and Bond just does like shadow puppets too. Mm. Good lord. What a time. Uh, uh, and that, that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Yeah. But when we get James, James Bond, Bond will, will return, return. In Goldfinger. Mm. A movie I'm genuinely looking forward to watching. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Devon here. Sadly, at this exact moment during the recording of our podcast, our dear leader and fearless showrunner Alice was silenced by the Deep State, and we lost the remainder of her audio. Regretfully, we have had to cut. The final 10 minutes of deep, interesting, funny, and insightful analysis that you know and love. Fortunately, I am at liberty to disclose the results of our patented scum spectrum. For Smarm, we rated this movie a 3, since Bond largely spoke to Karim, and so didn't have the time to be as smarmy as we expected. For cultural insensitivity, One scene in particular single-handedly raises this score to a 5. Once again, Bond was very light on unprovoked violence, giving us a 2. And as for misogyny, Bond's treatment of Tanya gives us a 6. Thanks for listening, and my deepest apologies for this. With any luck, this will be the first and last time we ever have to do this. New free episodes every other week, but if that is simply too long to wait, we have a Patreon where we upload bonus episodes on those interim weeks. That's patreon.com forward slash killjamesbond, all one word. Kill James Bond will return in Goldfinger in two weeks' time. Thank you, take care, and I love you. Romantically. Is that too- Shall we cut that actually?